I'm Emma, and this is the Creative Edition. Our mission is to inspire creatives to discover, grow, and own their brand. Hi, friends. Long time no talk. Um, Well, at least it seems like for me, it's been a long time since I have come into my office, plugged in my mic and recorded a podcast episode. And so um, even though we did batch a ton of content before I went on maternity leave, truly friends, the last time I recorded a podcast episode was in June. So coming back, um, September is when I'm recording this. It feels new and familiar at the same time. So I'm just excited to hop on the mic today, give you guys a life update um, and just share with you guys, you know, how it's been coming back from maternity leave. And so I thought I would start out today by giving you guys a few highlights. Um, So I think the biggest highlight of this past summer was that Braxton was born on the first day of summer. So June 21st, 2023, it was a very intense week at the hospital. I think labor and delivery is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, Again, I was at the hospital for a week and I pushed for almost four hours with an epidural. Um, I will not get into my whole labor and delivery experience, but um, I will say, yeah, it was just truly something. I, I don't know if there's like any way to like prepare for it. Like I knew it was going to be you know, difficult. I knew it was going to be a challenge, but, you know, at the end of it, you know, we had a healthy baby and we're truly grateful that um, Braxton was born um, this past summer and he has just been growing and thriving ever since. And so with that being said, as I come back from maternity leave and I look back at these last, you know, 12 to 13 weeks, I can truly say that the last 12 to 13 weeks was honestly probably one of the hardest periods of my life. Um, I knew that going on maternity leave was going to be, you know, time spent for me to recover, you know, physically from giving birth and, you know, time to bond with the baby. But I was not anticipating the impact of the hormones. And, you know, I really had the baby blues with like, all the changing hormones and all the different emotions. I've honestly never cried so much in my life, but also like this period of my life was also filled with immense joy stepping into motherhood. And so today, um, as I kind of share my life update, I'm just going to be going through a few highs and lows. And so I will say like one of the lows um, that I experienced, you know, I just mentioned was the baby blues. Um, I was actually going back to my OB, um, I went back obviously for like the six week, you know, OB check where they clear you for physical activity. But I went back a few times prior um, to my six week check and I kept telling the nurses, I was like, yeah, I'm like crying a lot. And they were like, that's normal. I mean, of course you're crying. You're a new mom. You have all these hormones. And so I like knew that could happen, but I was also kind of unprepared for that. I, again, I did not realize like how much that would impact me. And now you know, three months later, three months postpartum, I think my hormones are starting to stabilize. I don't know. I think I'm either getting used to it or my hormones are starting to stabilize. And I I do feel a little bit better, but I will say the baby blues were a real thing and it was really, really difficult. And so 
Luckily, though, I think one high um, from this past summer was that I did have the support of my mother-in-law and my mom. My mother-in-law actually stayed with us for six weeks because my parents went to the Philippines for five weeks um, right when Braxton, Braxton was born and we needed help and support. And so it was very helpful to have, you know, an extra set of hands at home just to do the laundry or hold the baby or whatever that may be. And so if you are an expecting parent in the next few months or the year, I highly, highly advise if you have the opportunity to, or if you have family members or friends who can stay with you, even if it's just the first few days, I literally had my mother-in-law for six weeks to help, you know, kind of arrange that stay for you, especially again, if you are expecting a child in the next year or two, or even maybe in the next few weeks, right? Having someone there just to assist and help you, give you a break during the day is critical for your mental health and well-being and your physical being. And so um, again, I'm very grateful that I have that support. Now my mom comes over a few times a week. I mean, she's almost here pretty much three to four, sometimes five times a week to help out with Braxton just because, you know, I still have to run to appointments. And for me, I'm pretty excited to come back to content creation, even though I'm starting small. Um, Like right now, as I'm recording this, she's out in the living room with Braxton and he's napping right now. But, you know, I think it's like a little less stressful. Like I I could have Braxton in the room with me while I record while he naps, but, you know, I would, I would probably be a little bit more stressed trying to record, making sure that he, you know, stays asleep through his nap. So yeah, very grateful for the family support. I think it has made the transition into motherhood a little bit easier. I think um, obviously lots has changed since, you know, the last 30 years since I was a baby and my mother-in-law and my mom were, you know, raising Brandon and I at that time. Like there's lots of things that are are different. So there's still some, some things that, you know, we have conversations about, but for the most part, it's very, very helpful to have kind of that family support. So even with that family support though, I, I think a low that I wasn't expecting, and I think I just need to join like a peps group. I still find becoming a new mom isolating at times, um, especially kind of in the thick of it, like in the middle of the summer, I, I will say like, I didn't leave the house for a while. We were going, well, I was kind of going through this crazy feeding journey. And for any new moms out there who've done triple feeding, uh, my heart just goes out to you because I'm still kind of doing a variation of triple feeding 13 weeks in. Um, I'm not doing triple feeding every single time um, because I, I just can't handle it. I think right now I'm breastfeeding and then I'm pumping four to six times a day. I'm just like trying to sprinkle that in, but I can only do that because, you know, I have the support of my mom who comes over and, and can help out with Braxton. And then, you know, I try to pump at nap times. I pump before bed. I wake up at 4 a.m. to pump. It's insane, right? And so I will say like, especially with like kind of that, pressure to figure out feeding and like not leaving the house, trying to establish breastfeeding. I honestly felt like I was going a little bit crazy at times. I literally started looking at applying at corporate jobs again. And I I think it was the sleep deprivation. I think it was the stress. I mean, looking back, I mean, right now I'm looking, I'm like, no, I don't necessarily want to go back to like a corporate job. Like that's not what I need at this specific life stage. Like I need flexibility. I'm still breastfeeding for God's sakes, you know, like I don't think like that's the right fit, but I don't even know what I was thinking, friends. I think I was just like, I don't know, like looking for an escape, looking for some normalcy. I don't even know what I was looking for, but in my brain, kind of in the thick of things, I was like, I think I just need to get a normal job. I was like, what's 
which is not the answer, you know, to my to my current, you know, state of being. And so if you're a new parent out there and you're feeling a little a little crazy, it's valid. I'm with you. Just I don't even know what to say, but just to know that those first first three months, just hold on if you can, you know? But yeah, I did not end up applying to any corporate jobs again, even though I did look around and I was like, mm, I could totally do this job. Again, I'm, I'm recognizing now that's like not what I need in this specific life stage. Braxton is still very young, only three months old, and I'm still breastfeeding. So yeah, that's not going to make sense for this specific life stage. So another low friends, the sleep deprivation. Um, as I come back from maternity leave, it is getting better, but oh, my gosh, you really don't know what sleep deprivation is until you're really there. And I knew having a newborn would be challenging. I, I mean, everybody knows, right, that that having a new baby, it really does challenge your sleep. There are babies out there for some reason, you know, maybe just they understand how to sleep through the night a little bit better. But like when at that newborn stage, they're having to eat every two, two and a half, maybe every three hours. And that's through the night. Like you, ha- they're literally feeding all the time. And so your, you know, your body is just like, I don't know, at least for me, I was running on like two to three hours of sleep for a while. And for a while, I mean, I literally was running on two to three hours of sleep for weeks. And finally, Brandon and I realized that like the only way we'd get sleep is if we slept in separate beds and took shifts. And so we take, like, we literally were like, okay, we'll just have to do shifts where we swap at 4 a.m. And um, we're kind of still doing a variation of this. Um, Brandon's had some trade shows and then he got sick. So honestly, I have, it's just like been me and Braxton at night. And so I have been the one (laughs) taking care of him, taking care of him at night. But I will say one of the highs of this past, you know, as we're coming out of these first three months is that um, I ended up taking the Taking Care of Babies course. Um, I had a friend take it and she was like, oh, my baby was sleeping through the night at three and a half months. And I was literally going crazy, friends, like going crazy at four and five weeks. And so I ended up taking this course and this course breaks down um, like like how to help stretch your baby because you're with young with babies you have one long stretch at night it's usually the first stretch and that course teaches you like how to do that I mean it's definitely not an overnight thing it's not even like a a weekly thing like I started doing um the eat play sleep routine at five weeks and now at 13 weeks I will say it has helped him so much like be able to stretch and sleep at night it's literally taken us seven weeks to get Braxton to sleep a stretch of six hours. Like it's literally, like literally as I'm recording this, like it was like this past week, Braxton slept from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. straight. And so, yeah, it's, it has been a long road, um, but I see the light at the end of the tunnel, especially like at night when I'm looking at him, like actually at night, he was able to connect his like 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. sleep cycle. And so fun fact, friends, babies have um, shorter sleep cycles than we do. It's literally like a 45 to 50 minute sleep cycle. And at night, right, especially they're learning how to connect those sleep cycles. They usually wake up um, in between it, but you can like help them learn how to connect that sleep cycle um, by comforting them, by letting them also just figure it out. Um, With the help of my, I had a postpartum doula come and 
I had a call with her actually last week and she literally was like, Emma, you got to give him a chance. Like let give him a chance when at that 3am, like if he starts to fuss, even cry a little bit, give him two minutes to just try to connect that, that next sleep cycle. And literally friends, I did that last night. He whimpered, he cried a little bit. I was like, I'm going to give him two minutes. And then he like fell back asleep. And I was like, Oh my God, I literally, I have to get out of his own way. I need to get out of my own way and like let him sleep. And so I'm really hopeful that he'll be be able to sleep eight hours soon. But again, friends, the sleep deprivation is a very real thing. And literally weeks one through eight, I was dying. I was like, is it going to get better? (laughs) Um, And it is, it's getting better. Again, he had like a stretch of six hours. And so pretty soon I know he'll be able to sleep eight hours and I can't even believe like that's going to happen. Like as I'm recording this right now, you're, I mean, new mom, new parents can probably relate to this, but last night, again, it was a relatively good night. He actually kind of fussed quite a bit going to bed. So I, he did not fall asleep until 930, but we started bedtime at like 8 PM. So he had his bath, had a bottle, um, burped him, saying to him, laid him down and he was just fussing, 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 finally went to bed at 9.30, which is late. Like usually he's asleep before nine and then woke up at 1.45 a.m. And I could hear him like starting to fuss, cry a little bit, but I was like, no, he's not ready. Like, I just know he just needs to connect to the, connect his, to the next sleep cycle. Ended up falling asleep and I was like, okay. Woke up again at 3 a.m. And I was like, okay, he's been, we've been like, I've been working on him from like that 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. shift. And I said, okay, I'm not going to intervene this time. Like I'm going to give him two minutes. Sure enough, fell asleep at 4 a.m. And then I think he started stirring around 4.30. And then by 4.45, he was up awake, screaming, crying because he was hungry. So we ate by 4.50 and then he was back down at 5 a.m. And then when he woke up around seven, we started our day. And so you guys, that's like a great night for me. (laughs) I mean, before, again, like I had a few nights where I I had one night where I just didn't even sleep, just stayed up the whole night. And then several nights where I was just running, not several nights, several weeks where it was just like two, three hours of sleep. And so to have a night like that was so helpful. But right now I'm very tired. I I think it's because I went on a run yesterday, but um, yeah, it's getting better. The sleep thing's getting better. Okay, friends. So we talked about the low of sleep deprivation and the high of learning how to do the eat, play, sleep routine and also taking that course to help to teach Braxton like how to sleep through the night because it it truly is a life skill. And I think taking that course, again, it's called taking Cara, C-A-R-A babies. Um, I think like helped shift my perspective around that where it's like, oh, we teach babies how to eat. We teach them how to walk. And so of course, like teaching them how to sleep is critical, right? For the health of the baby's health and well-being, and also for the family. And so that's very helpful. Okay. So friends, another kind of life update low that I experienced this past summers. Well, I've honestly never felt so disconnected to myself. Um, prior to having Braxton, I felt like I knew how to connect with myself, how to regulate myself on a daily basis walking, journaling, running, those were all ways I connected with me. And of course, my daily routine was thrown away once we had Braxton. I mean, again, you're you're truly on survival mode during those newborn months. You're just trying to survive. You're just trying to feed the baby, trying to establish feeding, right? Like trying to figure out when you sleep, take a shower, feel normal, be human. Um, 
And I feel kind of guilty saying this, but I honestly mourned my past life and everyone kept telling me it was going to get better. But at times I really questioned if it would. Now, again, like coming out of the last three months, like after 12 to 13 weeks, I can confirm that it does get better. But that's honestly after how we figured out, you know, how we'd be able to get sleep. And so with figuring out sleep with, I think, just like allowing ourselves to transition into parenthood, being to motherhood, I think one of the highs that I wanted to end with is that I am slowly getting to reconnect back with myself. And like with the help of my mom coming over a few times a week, I'm starting to run and walk more again. I'm also starting to create content. I mean, again, like I'm able to like pop into the office, close the door. My mom's with Braxton right now and I get to record a podcast episode and I'm so, so grateful. I also started the five minute fit series on Instagram and TikTok right now where Braxton is at, where we have about four or five naps a day. And each nap is only, well, I shouldn't say that each nap is between 45 minutes to an hour. Um, And so I'm pretty much like with him throughout the whole day. And again, I've now that my mom, you know, we have this kind of schedule with my mom. um, If I need to run to a physical therapy appointment, if I have to get groceries or if I need, if I want to take a a two mile run, right? So it's like 25 minutes, like I'm able to like step out and do that. Um, But for the most part, right? Like I'm with Braxton, like almost 24 hours a day. So I say 20 hours a day, I'm like with him, right? No, I'm not even gone for four hours during the day. Like that's not even happening yet. Since whatever, 21 hours during the day, like I'm with him. And so again, I wanted, I'm here, right? I want to soak up as much as I can. But then I also realize that like, I have to give myself permission to like reconnect back with me and it's okay to do that if I'm not with him every waking minute or hour of the day. And so, yeah, that's just kind of a piece of advice too I have for new parents out there. Like, yes, we want to show up for our kids, but in order to like show up as our best selves, we also have to like pour into ourselves. And so even if you can take 10 minutes, 15 minutes to do a yoga video, 20 minutes to go on a run or you know, schedule a pelvic floor physical therapy appointment for you to start, you know, strengthening back your pelvic floor again. Like I really recommend doing so if you can do that, um, because I think taking the time to reconnect back to me has helped immensely. And it's honestly helped me show up as a better mom, but I'm still figuring that out again. I'm just coming back from maternity leave. This is the first episode. This is the first time I've shut that office door and plugged in my mic and started talking to you guys. Um, But all of it, especially for me, like creating content, like it's such a big part of like what brings me joy and happiness and like how I express myself. And so um, even this small act, even though I'm so tired right now, um, it's really helped me kind of reconnect back to myself. Okay, friends. So I felt like that's kind of a long life update. Um, I overall, I'm very grateful that I gave myself time to shut off and just focus on the transition into motherhood. And honestly, there, I don't think I could have even plugged my mic in and started talking to you guys at week six, seven, eight, nine. I was like, I have literally been on survival mode for like the last 12 weeks. And again, I'm just starting to, to reconnect back to myself again. And like, I'm starting to see pockets where I can, you know, go and do a photo shoot and go and write a podcast outline and all those things. And so um, I I am very grateful to be back to start recording podcast episodes for you guys. And also um, 
for you friends, like if there's anything that you guys want to see specifically for me as we enter kind of this next season of life, as we enter Q4, you know, as we prep for the end of the year, please let me know if there's any specific questions or podcast episodes that you would like to see from me. If there's any guest speakers that you want to hear, I had so much fun interviewing guests prior to going on maternity leave. And um, it's just like so fun to hear from other creatives and entrepreneurs out there and authors out there, you know, who have a specific unique lens in life and passion. And I love hearing what makes them tick. I love hearing how they established, you know, their careers and how they launched their clothing businesses online and how they built their TikToks, all those things. And so if there's any creators that you want to hear from, please let me know. Um, I am starting off slow, but I think it would be fun to, you know, just have your favorite creators here on the podcast. All right, friends, that's it for now, but I will be hopping on here soon and you'll be seeing new episodes coming back on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and recommend the podcast to a friend. If we haven't connected on Instagram yet, you can find us at MS Edition and at The Creative Edition. Sign up for our email newsletter and join our Facebook group and we'll see you guys next time.